Welcome to One Hit Wonderful, the podcast where we're reviewing all those amazing reality shows that unfortunately only had one season. I'm your host, Frank Pesanite III. And I'm Meredith Broadbeck. And join us as we delve even deeper into our series on Mexican dynasties. Today, we're going to be discussing episode seven, Trace is a Crowd. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And before we do that... um, we can do a little Corona catch up. I don't have much this week other than the fact that, and I don't think I discussed this last week. So I don't think it had happened yet. Um, my upstairs neighbors got themselves a great big old barbecue grill and are obsessed with it and have been grilling pretty much every day at lunch and dinner. They didn't today, but said grill is three feet from my bedroom window. So my entire apartment smells like a fogo de chow 24 <laughs> seven. It's traumatizing. <laughs> I like that our coronavirus updates have gone from like nice highlights to just things that are driving us insane. Yeah. Well, um, that's just what it's going to be from now on. But, um, and then the first time it happened, I was so confused because I didn't realize they'd done it. And I'm just sitting in my house. I hadn't cooked or ordered any food. And I'm like, why does it smell like a beefsteak Charlie's in here? What the fuck is like, it was, I was so confused. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, you know that my neighbors are always quite the saga as well. And my husband and I vacillate between either going Nancy Drew and really trying to spy and figure out what they're all about or go Kevin McAllister and kind of like rig their back door or throw a smoke bomb (laughs) over there. You know, like maybe we put like upside down nails on their back steps so they stay inside. Like we just don't know. We haven't figured out our plan of attack yet, but stay tuned. I would have thought that they would have calmed down now that they weren't working. Oh, no. It's like the coronavirus doesn't exist over there. We're still hanging out on the back porch. We're still smoking. We're still up for 36 hours at a time. Ugh. It's so strange. Yeah, my um, my same neighbors. and They're only they're in their early 20s, so I'm, I'll cut them a little bit of slack. But on Friday night, they I couldn't tell if they had... They had a party. Like, And I don't know if it was just like two or three people or if it was a million people because it was really loud but I was so aggro about it at first that I was tempted to burn down my own house out of revenge just to displace them yes yes absolutely last weekend there the park next door to my house is never not a scene and it has been used in a variety of makeshift music videos before and last Saturday there was a whole film crew doing you're kidding no there are like 12 people doing god knows what it was not okay so, oh, I would have called the police. We, I'm on narc. Um, we called the police the following day on a different group of people, I think because we were still mad about the film crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, oh, and other than that, like, I, I would like to recommend to everyone, if you haven't watched it yet, um, I may have mentioned this last time, I can't remember, forgive me if I did. Um, Never Have I Ever on Netflix is really, really cute. It's Mindy Kaling produced. And if you like her kind of humor, you would enjoy it. I would recommend it for everyone. Okay, I'll definitely check it out. My uh, my husband's actually going back to work, which is great for him and his partners. And it's great for me because I can watch all the TV that I haven't been watching and it doesn't have to be a negotiation. Amaze. <laughs> there you go. That's my highlight for the week. <laughs> um, and we do actually have a little bit of Twitter. Um, I am very excited because Jenny Allende has liked a couple of our tweets and Doris Basuto retweeted two of our tweets. So I'm super jazzed about that. Um, 
Uh, Heather Gloom Cookie tweeted us and said, when listener Mallory solved the mystery of Andrea's Playboy spread, I pictured that you guys had been looking through piles of pages of naked women searching for her. And I believe Meredith had been doing that, right? <laughs> <laughs> like on the internet, but like. So I did find, you know, like a, a database of that, but I didn't open it because I was at the office when I found that. Oh. And it was already, it was bad enough that I was searching <laughs> for that at the office. Um, and then uh, Heather also tweeted and says, Adon, the, the lives at home son, looks like he's wearing fuchsia lipstick in some of his confessionals. Honestly, I would not be surprised if he was. Yep. Um, and then Heather said, um, on, she also tweeted this and said, I'm watching episode six and I'm puzzled by Adon's new red hair in this confessionals. Don't they care about continuity? Um, and if you, it may have taken you a bit to notice Heather, but it's happened before. And I think I even mentioned it once. It drives me insane. I don't know why he would color his hair that weird color. It's like a weird boxy burgundy red. It's awful. I don't know what he was thinking. Hmm. And then Heather very sweetly um, tweeted and said, Frank, I love your voice no matter how high and pitchy you think it is. And thank you, Heather. I appreciate that. Agreed. Um, And that is it for Twitter. Now, would you like to do, because um, I think, well, those of you who've been listening should know, and I tweeted out that Mexican Dynasties did a Zoom um last week and i participated and watched it um do you want me to do that or would you like to do the margarita minute first let's do the margarita minute first because it's incredibly short and then hopefully you can fill in some gaps on today's person um so this week i tried very hard to find information on paulina madrazo and she is very much a closed book it's very hard interesting Yeah, it's very hard to find information about her. So she was born in Mexico City on February 28th. And for years, her birth year was a mystery. She she would never say it. And even like on her IMDb and all that stuff, there's no official birthday listed anywhere. And then this year on her Instagram, she wished herself a happy 40th birthday. I was going to say, because they talked about that, her 40th. 40th birthday on the, on yes. the Zoom. So. And I did find a very buried Reddit thread um, that must have been from last year that said, Paulina is 39, but I won't reveal how I know that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, she, in this episode, she, I mean, if you do the math when they're at dinner and he says they're 13 years apart, they met when they were 17, when she was 17. And then he says it was like 20 years. I mean, you can kind of sort of, piece it together from that. Right. Yeah. Um, so as we know already, she is an executive at Oscars modeling agency and mm-hmm. that's the mm-hmm. same. Um, and obviously the co-host of K Madrazo. The interesting thing about this, when I looked up more about their TV show, so she is listed as is Oscar as a contributor to Sale El Sol, which is uh-huh. like a daily morning show. And Kay Madrazo is listed underneath that. Oh. So I think what it is, is that they, my guess anyway, because I don't entirely understand it, is that they have like a weekly variety segment on this daily talk show. So it would, which kind of makes sense to me actually. So it would be like if Regis or Kelly and whoever had like every Friday, they did this fun, like happy hour segment with two separate hosts. But I don't know. And I can't entirely confirm that. But when you go to IMDB Paulina's page, 
Que Madrazo is like a subtitle under Sale El Sol. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, we may learn, well, because next week's episode is the second anniversary of Que Madrazo. So maybe right. we'll learn more about it then. Yes. Um, and again, I did tweet her and Oscar and asked them if there was a live audience and neither of them ever got back to me. So. Right. Um, so then we also know that she is the mother of two. She has a daughter, Cassandra, and a son, Nico. And I tried, I wasted a lot of time, but I think it was a valuable waste of time anyway, <laughs> to find her ex. And I would love to know who he is. He does not exist. He exists even less than her. There are no old photos. I couldn't find a name. There is nothing. And then I found this very creepy looking page and the page title is, well, now we know why Paulina Madrazo hides her ex-husband. <gasps> and then when you click it, it had nothing of substance. It was all just advertisements and weird stuff. Weird. Yeah. So there, I tried really hard. I went through old Getty images and all the things. And she has like expunged him from her record. Do you think like he's in jail or something? I I don't know. It the implication in that headline I saw, albeit on a not very, <laughs> I don't know how serious we could take this page, but it implied that it was something ugly and legal and that he's not around, but that's just me inferring that. So I don't know. Interesting. Probably something we'll never find out, but curious. Yeah. And, you know, I went through her Instagrams recently and I didn't see that Jose was still around. But oh, I know all about that. I can tell okay. you about that. I, fig- <laughs> I figured I figured you would. Um, but you know, she's still doing all the funny things with Oscar and her kids, and uh, she tags Oscar's children on Instagram, but not her own. And that solved a little interesting. bit. Interesting. Yeah, it solved a little bit of the um, Axel and Anik problem as well. So Anik is actually private, but she calls herself a photographer, which I thought was very sweet. And uh-huh. Axel, I believe, is an, a young actor. He has. Yes, well, he has some IMDb credits. Yes, and I think he did a Netflix Latin America show, and he has like a manager listed in his Instagram bio. Gotcha. So we'll follow up on that later, but that's Paulina. I really want to know and I got nothing. So let us know. Interesting that she is on one hand, a very public persona. And then on the other hand, like, so hides herself from the public. I know. In terms of her personal life. It's interesting. And it's hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because Oscar is such an open book too. Yeah, I know. I thought it was interesting. So tell me all about the Zoom. I'm dying to know. Okay, so I got some good stuff. Now bear with me. Hopefully I tried my best to write very neatly because I write like a (laughs) psychotic serial killer um, (laughs) slash doctor and usually can't read my own handwriting. And this was a week ago. But um, all right, so they kind of broke it down by episode a little bit because they discussed things. It was a little chaotic. Um, By the end, there were, I think like close to 70 people. Um, and unfortunately when it started, so Paulina was the one that was in charge of it. And so when it started, she muted everyone, but the cast, which was fine, but then more people showed up and they weren't muted. And so like, there was one guy who was on a beach and like, it was really windy. And so it was, I, it was kind of uh, all clusterfuck, but, but it was good. Okay. So the episode wonder was that Jenny hated the food at Doris's party at Doris's welcome home party. 
Um, and actually most people didn't love the food and they all ended up hanging out in the kitchen, just eating like out of, um, I guess her cousin's like cabinets or whatever, the woman that was having the party, they just like went in the kitchen and helped themselves for the food. <laughs> um, Adon is currently single. A lot of people were asking that question. Um, in season three at the S and M party, they all said that it was an epic, amazing party. Like we didn't get to see so much that it went on like really late and it was just crazy and wacky. Um, and it said that Pauline, um's maid found the dildo because it had been like lost somewhere in the house or Paulina's maid found the dildo because it was lost somewhere in the house and Oscar has used it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, and Doris and Raquel didn't completely understand the theme and they brought M&Ms to the party, thinking it was an <laughs> M&M party. <laughs> and this was the most shocking, and it actually happened. Part of the reason the party was so off the chain is that Oscar put actual Viagra in the drinks. Oh, He wow. crushed up Viagra and put them in people's drinks. Everyone on the Zoom that was at that party was gobsmacked. And they're like, you, were, you did not. And he's like, yeah, I did. Totally did. <laughs> so he 100% drugged the whole party. <laughs> um, and then they talked about the Shabbat dinner. And Patty, Cousin Patty, was actually on the Zoom. Okay. Um, and um, Paulina was embarrassed because she'd never been to a, a Shabbat dinner before. And she was feeding the challah um, to the dog which is a big faux pas. And she felt really bad about it. Whoops. Um, and then that same night, that was also, everyone was wasted. Um, Alan was chasing Oscar around with a boa. Um, Doris showed everyone her tits. <laughs> um, Oscar felt them and said that they were very soft. <laughs> so this is all at post Shabbat dinner. This is wow. were, oh, during the train dance. Doris, um, wow. Yeah. Um, and then for the hot air balloon ride, what they didn't show was that Raquel was going to vomit on Gabby in the hot air balloon because it was making her nauseous, despite the fact that she was drinking. And then what is pertinent to tonight is that they said that Fernando was completely shithoused at the art opening. That <laughs> um, he had had eight mezcals and was like wasted out of his mind. That makes um, sense. And let's see. Now I wrote down still in touch with Miguel. Oh, I guess that's the artist. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, he's still in touch with the artist. Um, let's see. Oh, and then Raquel talked a little bit about Cinco de Mayo and how it was when the Mexican army beat the French. Then we got to learn that Raquel has a new boyfriend uh -oh. who she let us see. He's actually a really hot silver fox guy. And lives in D.C. <gasps> so we're going to have to be on the lookout for Raquel. So exciting. Um, I think once things open back up again, we, he, Raquel needs to be invited to your husband's restaurant. Yeah. Like, for sure. Like, Raquel and the new boyfriend, for sure. I'll, I need to make sure that my husband stocks up on mango. Uh, yeah, mango and mezcal. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then people were asking about the tripod and get ready for this. Guess what Adon is now doing for a living? In addition to being a singer. Oh, God. Just Paint guess. Painting? No. He's a life coach. <laughs> <laughs> I almost peed my pants. Um, he is a life coach. Um, and the tripod is sequestered in Puerto Rico. That's where they've been um, self-isolating. 
Okay. Um, Fernando has written a movie script called Green Dance. Um, I'm assuming it's a, a Spanish language movie, so be better day, whatever. Um, Oscar has been jerking off three times a day, um, oh. which he was very happy to tell everyone. He has a new boyfriend who lives okay. far away. Um, it's not Tarek. Um, and then I thought this was interesting. Like the house he was in was not the house that he was in when they were filming this. And it's absolutely gorgeous. And he said he moved out of his mom's house. So that must have been his mother's house and not his. That makes sense when you look at the decor and things though, like the couches and stuff. Yeah. So I guess she lives down the street from Paulina. Now I'm not sure where he is currently living. I mean, I don't know how close to Paulina he lives, Um, but he's in a house that's gorgeous. And then Paulina just turned 40 and she has a new boyfriend as well. Not Jose, and she's very happy. He was with her, but he wouldn't appear on camera. So he saw his hand and his foot. Okay. That was it. Okay. Um, Jenny hasn't gotten her hair cut in so long it is down to her butt. Literally. Like, she stood up and showed everyone. Yikes. Um, Let's see. I already said that Raquel's new boyfriend's from D.C. Um, Fernando and Adan sang. Oh, no. Um, And then told a story about how one of Fernando's songs brought a woman out of a coma. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, this woman was in a coma and she apparently had been for months and someone played one of his songs and she came out of the coma and blames it on him or, you know, thanks him for it. Okay. Um, Jenny spilled and broke a glass of wine, which was hysterical. And then she gets up, like they didn't explain what was happening. She like jumps up and she goes in the other room and then she's handing toilet paper to Alon. And everyone's like, what the fuck? And it's because she spilled the wine and they were using the toilet paper to, to soak it up. Huh. Um, um, and then Jenny and Alon sang a cappella, and they were amazing. Yeah, like, they were really, really good. Okay. Um, and a lot of people in this Zoom were fa- big fans of the band. Like I don't okay. even know if they were sh- fans of the show. Oh, good. Um, and then the very last thing is they're really pushing. I guess even though, <sighs> I mean, Bravo had said they weren't bringing it back, and so I don't know if they were excited about this marathon that they did on the 5th for Cinco de Mayo, but they're really pushing to try to get renewed. And so they want the hashtag, they want everyone to use the hashtag, hashtag more Mexican dynasties. Done. To bring them back. So I'm going to start adding that to mine when I post everything out. But, yeah. um, but that was it. It was about an hour long. Um, parts of it were a little rough because of all the noise and whatever, but it was fun and I learned a lot. So yeah, no, that sounds really good. And they I'm- all look great. I have no doubt. They all look good. Yeah. That's fun. I'm sad I missed it and I didn't join with you, but I'm glad you did. Do we know what happened to Paulina and Jose? No, she didn't say. She just said that she has a, she said new boyfriend. So, I mean, no one mentioned Jose, but obviously they broke up and now she's with this guy. And, and I think that we might have a little more insight into this in the episode as to why, because I always felt like she and Jose weren't super suited for each other anyway. And I think that the near-death experience may have held them together longer than would have otherwise. Yeah, I yeah, I got that impression too. Yeah. Well, good intel. Are you ready? I am ready. So what's funny is that this episode is actually one of my shortest in length of notes. And I'm me too. sort of surprised. Yeah, me too. Maybe I'm just learning what to take notes on at this point. But it was also somewhat slow moving. Um. So we open the episode and we don't get our usual montage of morning antics, really. And we get the 
you know, completion of the scene where Oscar arrives at the hotel to meet up with Tarek. Yep. And they hang out in his hotel room. They drink champagne. Oscar starts talking about the underwear he bought when they met in Brazil. Um, Yes, I put Oscar shows his man panties. Yes. And they sit down and have a conversation about how Oscar never thought he would see Tarek again and that Tarek was so intense at first that it really made Oscar panic and back off. Um, And Oscar says that he didn't want to break his heart, that he felt like Tarek was just like too open and he couldn't take it. And they agree to live in the moment and let things happen. Um, I, A, totally want Oscar sneakers. I loved them. They actually um, look like a pair you have, I swear. They, they, they're very similar to the one, my um, Puma um, Rubik's Cube ones. They're yes. a lot like that. Yes. Um, I was very into them. Um, and what I thought was interesting about this was, I mean, I'm as horny as the next person, but if someone had traveled from another country to meet me, I would go meet them at the hotel, then have dinner you know, go out for a little bit, then do it. Apparently they were not waiting around. Like, no. they were fucking ASAP. I also thought it was hysterical that Oscar, <laughs> when Tarek was like, let's, you know, get more comfortable, that Oscar jumped to, like, are you going to put on a G-string? Yeah. Like, no guy looks good in a G-string. G-strings are not sexy. Like, no. <laughs> Just no. Yeah. And he immediately puts the do not disturb tag on the door. Yes. Which always makes me laugh, too, because um, it was obviously the evening. They don't come clean your room in the Intercontinental at nine at night. (laughs) I I mean, yes, put it on the door. But I still thought it was good. It's kind of funny. I know. That's also just a TV trope, you know? Oh, totally. Um, So then we get a brief scene at the penthouse, and it is 12.36 p.m., and our queen, Chio, and (laughs) Jesus are in the kitchen eating breakfast, which is quite late. And she debates whether or not she should wake up Mari yet. And Jesus says, "Mm, eat your breakfast in peace. (laughs) Well, really, probably not late for breakfast for her. Because as you've said before, you think that she works when they're up. So if she doesn't get to bed till three or four in the morning, like noon probably is breakfast time. Well, if they're up until three or four drinking champagne and leaving shit all over the place, I'm sure they expect it to be cleaned when they wake up. Yeah. Oh, poor Chio. Um, and then we go to lunch with Raquel at Au Pied de Cochon, which is a very common restaurant name, apparently. I was going to say, I mean, we used to have one in VC. I went to one in Montreal that's supposed to be very famous. Like That's the famous one. But that's it the cracks me up famous that, one. that, like, the foot of the pig is, like, this restaurant that's apparently a million different entities all over the world. I actually think there's more than one in Paris, too. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but Raquel is going on a not date with someone she's known since they were children, Sam. Sam or Sammy. Yeah. Um, they're very old friends and they're sitting in it. I don't, is it his restaurant? I sort of got that impression, but I couldn't tell. No, I don't think so. Okay. I thought the way he, I thought the way he interacted with the server was kind of interesting. Maybe he's just a regular I, I think so. Yeah, I, I don't believe he's a restaurateur. Okay. And there weren't that many people in there. So I was like, huh, are they closed today? But he's having lunch with her? Like, I couldn't figure it out. Well, they probably did that Bravo trope where they have them eat at, like, off times. Yeah. Um, but, so they're very old friends. And so Raquel... Since kindergarten. 
Yeah, Raquel tells the story about how she met Leon at her 16th birthday and how Sammy lost his opportunity because yeah. when she met Leon, it was all over. Um, and he asks how she's doing after Leon's death and she says, you know, I'm okay, but it's really not easy. Um, and she admits that she does want another partner. Um, and she said, what's my type? Well, not chubby. Which totally is on brand for Raquel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which is interesting because he is chubby. I know, Sam, he is. Sammy, he's not a thin dude. No. Um, he's very sweet, though. He's very sweet. He's yeah. very, very sweet. And I, I'm glad she has a new Silver Fox boyfriend, but I enjoyed the scenes with her and Sammy in this episode. I thought they were very sweet. You should, I wish I could, I should have taken a picture of um or maybe did i no i would have sent it to you this new guy is like hot like he's like very fit he's way younger than her like he's he's a good looking dude i wonder if he's like an ambassador or something i think he's originally from like texas or somewhere hmm he may have said that but yeah i mean yeah he's a he's a very good looking very american very american good for her i mean she's still she's gorgeous 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 yeah So then we go back to the penthouse and it is now time to wake up Mari and Adan at 1.45 PM. Yep. And Adan is very hard to wake up because he says he gets in a very deep lull beauty sleep. And after Chia wakes him up and (laughs) hits the button for his automatic blinds, he puts them back down. Yes. And then he doesn't arise until 2.30. And while all of this is going on, uh, Fernando has gotten up on his own and is kind of napping on the roof with the dog in a robe. Napping, meditating. Yeah. Yeah, who knows. Um, And Adan has a breakfast, I guess, of like two eggs with chunks of cheese in it and a giant glass of milk. I couldn't tell if it was chunks of cheese or chunks of chicken. It looked like chunks of like queso fresco or something to me. Cause it, but then it didn't look like it melted. It was weird. Whatever it was, it was, it was a like, lot. But like cojita cheese doesn't really melt either. Oh yeah. Maybe that's what it was. True. Yeah. I didn't think of that. I was just like, wow, that's his stomach must just hate him sometimes. He eats so much dairy. Yeah. Well. Oh my God. I can't take it. Um, so then when Mari wakes up and comes into the kitchen, Adan explains that he had lunch with Doris and she was upset that she didn't get to hear the song. Oh, but first he asks Chio and Jesus oh, yes. to leave. Yes. And then um, I can't remember which one of them says it, but they said it's so weird that he makes us leave. She's just going to tell us everything anyway. It was Jesus. It was Jesus. <laughs> um, also, while this conversation is happening... Mari is very creepily stroking Adon's hair. Like, mm-hmm. he's her lover. I know. It was unsettling. It, it is. It really is. So what's interesting about this is that Adon is trying to stand up to his mother a little and sort of say that he wants a manager and that they need to work together. But he does it while, in my opinion, throwing Doris under the bus. Because he says, well, Doris wants the power or she's out. That's not what she said. (laughs) It's not what she said. And Adan is terrible at this. Yes. Like, first, he's not good at brokering peace. He's really good 
at trying to keep his nose clean and not having either party upset with him, but he is terrible at keeping the peace. Yes. And he says, it's time for my career to be in the hands of Doris. And he says that they need to bridge and work together, which is getting closer to what the issue is, but he still just doesn't do a good job of it. And then Mari just sarcastically says, fantastic, fantastic. She also says, I'm footing the bill. Oh, yeah. And she's not wrong. Yeah. She said, like, I'm already paying Pablo. Like, I've already made the deal. You can't tell me I can't make deals. Yep. Oh, my God. So then we go back to Raquel and Doris, and they're doing yoga (laughs) in the backyard of their giant apartment complex. And I actually, I just like their mother-daughter dynamic. I think it's really cute. And Doris is trying to help her mother like do different poses and stretches and actually ends up sitting on her back and riding her like a dog. (laughs) Pony, whatever. Um, Well, I have something a little controversial to say, and I don't usually like to discuss women's bodies in a negative light, and this isn't that negative, but Doris is thinner than Raquel. Yes, she is. She is. I mean, if Raquel wasn't constantly talking about fat and food-shaming people and fat-shaming people, I would say nothing. And Raquel is by no means overweight in any shape or form. She's still very small. But Doris is smaller. I know. She is. Which is interesting that she's always writing Doris about what she's eating, and Raquel is heavier. Yes. So I I felt, I was a little happy for for Doris (laughs) in that scene. I think Raquel's also just old school and she's very good at dressing her body. And I also, very good. I would bet that she wears undergarments to pay the bills. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Whereas Doris just wears clothes. Like she, you know, she's not squeezing herself into something every time she goes out. Whereas I bet Raquel does. But I was a little shocked to see her in those, those yoga clothes. I was like, Oh, I was like, you're a good 10, 15 pounds heavier than your daughter. Yeah. I, I had the same thought. Um, but they talk a little bit about her date with Sammy and Doris teases her that it sounds like a date. And she says, no, 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 it wasn't. And then Doris keeps quizzing her like, did he touch your hand? Did he touch your back? (laughs) And he kind of did. He's very physically affectionate towards her. But I think that's a twofold. I think one, that's Latin culture is very touchy feely. And two, (laughs) they've been friends since kindergarten. And so, you know, yes, maybe they haven't seen each other in, 40, 50 years, but I feel like you have a different relationship for, with people that you have known since childhood. And you do tend to be more touchy-feely with those people. At least I do anyway. Yeah, I think so. And then we go to El Lago and Jenny and Alan are on a double date with Paulina and Jose. And Paulina asks Jenny if she's an adventurous person. And Jenny says yes, but Paulina does that while looking at the menu. And I feel like (laughs) Jenny's not an adventurous eater and should never have said that. Um, I'm with, I feel like I'm a fairly adventurous eater, but I'm with Jenny on that one. First of all, I'm not going to eat anything called a dirt taco. Same. It was, I. It was disgusting. How dare they make our queen eat worms? It was so gross. And it wasn't worms. It was maggots. It was maggots. It was huge maggots. And it said that, like the translation was maggot. It was, she's like, oh, it's a worm. Like it was not a worm. That was a maggot. And that is disgusting. Also the word was like maggoto. Like yeah. it was very, it was very obvious that it was yeah. not a worm. Super gross. 
Yeah. Um, but this is where we find out a little bit more about Paulina and Jose's story, I guess. And how the first time they got their families together, Jose collapsed and had to go to the hospital. But they don't say why. Did he have a heart attack? Yeah. Okay. And I mean, I, I, that's what else could it have been? I mean, I, I his heart know. stopped. Like it was, yeah, it was a heart attack. Yeah. And how Paulina put him in the car with, I guess, one of her security or house managers, right? She kept saying uh, the man's name and I didn't write it down. Um, but they gave him CPR like the whole way to the hospital. And apparently her staff person used their knee to pump Jose's chest and broke his sternum. Yeah. But if he hadn't have done that, Jose would have died. I wonder though, if he could have done it with his hands and still been okay. Like me is aggressive. You apparently have to do it pretty hard. I will say that it's not. I mean, I do know that people break their ribs all the time when they have CPR done on them, but like a knee is like a lot. Yeah. And then I I loved, I mean, there was such a heavy scene, but I love the comic relief of Jenny telling Alon, like, if that happens to me, like, don't pop my boobs. Like, don't pop my boobs. (laughs) No matter what, don't pop my boobs. They're fake. Don't pop. Yeah. But at first she looks at Alon and she said, would you do that for me? And he said, of course I would. She goes, but I have implants. Don't pop my boobs. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then they make Jenny eat the worm to lighten the mood. And I felt, I felt so bad for her. I really did too. Yeah. Um, so then we get some scene of Doris preparing to have this up and coming artist show. And she's walking us through the event where it is and says that Adon will perform and they're setting this up and we see Adon like sing a few notes or whatever on top of this table. It's a little janky looking and Doris sings along. Doris has a better voice than Alon does. Yeah, she does have a Adon, sorry, Adon. Um, but she can carry a tune, and she actually sings Adon's song, and she sounds lovely. Um, and in the and two, we should say that they, the, the artist, as we mentioned earlier, is Miguel Milo. Yes. Or it's probably Mio, because it's LL, so it's probably Miguel Mio. Yeah. And she also gives Adon the note. She says, you know, stay in your range and watch your pitch. Which she doesn't really do. Yeah. So then we go to the penthouse and the, first of all, I want justice for Jenny over being forced to eat a maggot. And I want justice for Chio over being forced to hold the paint that Nando dips his paintbrush in. I was dying. And I love that she has to run from side to side. Yeah. Like she, she can't even to, just stay on the same side. No, he, she has to follow the brush and I took a picture of it and she's trying so hard to do a good job like she doesn't want to spill it and she's trying to hustle but very carefully oh god um and nando is just he's wild like he's painting this lion painting still and the fact that he just doesn't use a palette or god forbid like a little paint cart and just set the paint there but no he wants chio to hold it for him and what does chio call the painting do you remember a flower with four a legs. Flower with four legs. Yeah. <laughs> Which I loved. I loved. Yeah. It's she's the best. Um, and she's not wrong. That is what it looks like. He made the main very like circular looking. Like it looks like petals of a flower and not flowing hair. And I get that he's sort of abstract and that's like his thing. You know, he he's inspired by Chagall, so he says. Um 
but it does look like a flower with four legs. And the tail is also kind of floral looking. The tail was just literally blobs of color. Like at least yeah. the mane did look floral. The tail to me was li- just looked like colored rocks. Yeah. And then Adon and Mari sort of get into a fight about his outfit choice for this emerging artist event. And Mari just thinks it is unholy that he hasn't selected his wardrobe a week in advance. And she's somehow blaming Doris for that. And that Doris should really care what Adon wears, given that he's presenting himself, et cetera, et cetera. And they fight back and forth about the choices that he's making. And he's decided to wear his tightest jeans, which are a size five women's. Which I think is interesting, because that comes up a lot, that he wears women's jeans. But they make skin-tight men's jeans, like in Stretch. Like, I don't... I know. I mean, you do you, whatever. I mean, jeans are jeans. Like, I'm not so, like, small-minded that I don't think people can wear any clothes they want. But it just seemed odd to me. Yeah, agreed. Um, And a black... Also, he's teeny tiny if he's wearing a size five. Yeah. Well, those pants are real tight, though. Yeah. Like... (laughs) But for a man to be a woman's size five... I mean, a woman in a size five is small. Oh, yeah. No, I know. But I'm just, well, we can talk about it more later when he has the exchange with Jenny. because Yeah. <laughs> um, and so he's wearing these tight jeans, a black t-shirt, and this navy blazer. And he has decided that this is the look of the people. And they start fighting about how, like, he should wear this, he should wear that. And he's like, no, those jeans mean this, and this t-shirt is this. It's very strange. And then... <laughs> also, let's not forget, he's performing for, like, 20 people. Correct. They call it a crowd, and that's being very generous. Yeah. And he says, his mom asks him why he's wearing that, and he says, because I want to be a pop singer, (laughs) and he wants to play Wembley Stadium and Madison Square Garden. I'm pretty sure Wembley doesn't exist anymore, by the way. Oh, it doesn't? He also said the O2 Arena. Isn't that what Wembley became? Yes, but I think, I thought Wembley got torn down. They very well have. Because that's where Live Aid was. <laughs> but anyway, so he's a, he's a bit behind the times. Um, so I, it's still there. Never mind. Whatever. Okay. It's still there. My bad. Um, so then they go back to the living room. Where oh, for- wait, though. It is and it isn't. Wembley Stadium is a football stadium in Wembley, London, which opened in 2007 on the site of the original Wembley Stadium, which was yes. demolished. So kind of exists, but not really. But the kind he's talking about does not exist anymore. Correct. Okay, there we go. Um, so then we go back to the living room, and Fernando is now done painting for the day. I don't, the painting didn't look fully finished, but who knows. And he's no, sitting, it definitely wasn't finished, because he had a bunch of, like, he was, he's just done with the red. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he stares at the painting and decides that he, he's talking to it, and he mm-hmm. says, talk to me talk to me. And then the name for the painting comes to him and he's decided to call it Feline Good. Uh Uh-huh. And then Mari comes out and he explains that he's going to call it Feline Good. And is it a play on feeling good? Is that what he... Oh, okay. 100% what it is. And a lot of this is his art aesthetic and all of this stuff, it's 70s. Like, he's stuck in the 70s because that's when he was most famous, I believe. And so 
like in the 70s, you 100% would see a painting like that called Feline Goods. Like, I think that that's just his vibe. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I get that. Um, and Mari doesn't look very amused by it, to be honest. But Yeah, she's kind of like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we go to this Emerging Artists event. Um, and Paulina has quite an outfit on. Did you catch that? Yeah. So it's a dress with like leopard print at the top and like a big statement necklace, which is fine. Um, And she's got some like, I think booties on, but she also has fishnet knee highs on, which is very interesting. I'm not sure I've seen that on anybody. And it's on bare legs. So it's just like knee socks, but fishnet. Well, they were kind of a thing like 25 years ago when Clueless came out. Because in it, Cher wears those knee socks that have bows on them with her heels. Now, they weren't yeah. fishnets, but, like, so I think, and then people's, I did see people wearing fishnets like that back then. So maybe it's, she's trying to bring it back. Well, and I think thigh highs made a comeback, too. Especially, like, remember those tights that looked like they had garters attached and yes. celebrities went nuts for them? So yeah. I think thigh highs kind of made a comeback. If they were thigh high, I don't know that I would have noticed as much. It was the fact that they were at her knees. At knees, yeah. Yeah. Um, so then Jenny and Don discuss his pants and that he's wearing ladies jeans and they are very tight. He, he almost looks uncomfortable. And Jenny says, where do you put your balls? (laughs) And then it's funny because he doesn't answer. He just explains how he gets them on, (laughs) how he has to like really yank and tug and pull. Like how he steps into them and then he has to like slowly shake into them because they basically don't fit. Which I don't understand because like I said, like I, I mean... The jeans that I buy are called, um, oh, I can't even remember, uh, nudies, I think. But they are stretch material. They're like jeggings. And, like, they can be as tight as you want. And they go on easy breezy. So I don't, like, just buy those, dude. I know. And as someone who has lost a lot of weight over the years, the image of, like, shaking on jeans and just, like, hoping and praying, it made me really sad. Like, I never want that back. <laughs> I, ne- I never want that back. Um, so Oscar brings Tarek to the artist event And Paulina is so excited to finally meet him and gives him a big hug. And they all talk about how handsome he is. They take a shot of Mezcal and he hugs Gabriella. It's, I really liked it. (laughs) I thought it was. It's cute. And this is another one where, again, I guess, because I've seen this before, um, I'm distracted by what's going on in the bathroom once again with Mari and Doris. And this time, Mari and Doris are right behind everyone else. And Mari is futzing with Doris's hair. See, like a piece must have fallen out or something because she's, I mean, for mul- multiple minutes is like pushing it back in and doing things. And like the, there are always this wacky stuff going on in the background with Mari and Doris. Huh. I wonder if they're actually really close and this whole thing was somewhat fake. I think that, I don't think it was fake, but I think they are close. Like, mm-hmm. I think that one thing that you'll discover, I mean, and kind of we have discovered is these people are genuinely friends. So despite the fact that they have differences about things, they do seem to be able to put them aside yeah, and still care for one another. Yeah. So anyway, they all get to know Tarek and they take a welcome shot and <laughs> Oscar makes a joke about how loose he wants him to be. Wants him loose, but not that loose. And then we get a foul, disgusting shot of Fernando Ugh. and Mari eating mozzarella sticks, and it they eat like Sheena Shea. 
Um, yeah, they do eat like tuna shea. I don't know why we needed this cheese montage. Like, it was traumatic. It was disgusting, and Fernando was getting off on it. But now that we know he was He's drunk, wasted. <laughs> yeah, I think he was enjoying just, like, continuously pulling the mozzarella in a way that was very, very horrifying. Yeah. Um, so Paulina's still very excited for Oscar. She's bouncing all over the party. And... Dorothy- and I have to say, I thought it was very touching and sweet how happy Paulina was for us. Me too. Me too. Like, it's very nice. And the fact that Tarek walked in and she was ready to just, like, adopt him was very sweet. So Doris introduces the artist and he dazzles everyone with a live painting of a model. Um, and real quick, it was driving me crazy and I finally figured out who the artist looks like. He looks like a member of Kiss without the face makeup. I, yes, he does. Or like a... Like a montage of all of them. Like not necessarily Gene Simmons or Paul Sitt, but he looks like the missing member of Kiss without the face makeup. Yeah, I was also getting sort of like an Aztec Adrian Brody vibe. I could kind of see that. Yeah, but I get what you... I could see a Paul Stanley kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. Um, so this artist is painting this woman live and it's actually kind of cool. And I thought some of... So he paints models live and then photographs them. And I thought some of the images were really cool. Yeah, I liked his art. I really liked his art. Yeah. So Nando, Jenny and Alon joke that he's in a trance. Oh, no, he says he's in a trance. And he is. Yeah. He is, they do an impression. Inspired face. (laughs) Yes, they do an impression of his inspired face, which is him staring like a creep and stroking his chin, which is exactly what he's doing. Yeah. So... Eventually, the artist and Nando had already met and, you know, they got along famously. And the artist invites Nando to come up and paint a little bit on the model. And other people had been too, yeah, right? As every, but everyone else did like a brush stroke here and there. Right. And that was it. And Nando just won't stop like blowing and draping and patting powdered paint on this model. And he kind of like creepily sweeps one of her breasts. And so then in his confessional, he says he got to touch the canvas, but he puts his hands up and twists like this. Yeah. He doesn't realize he's doing it, I don't think, but he implies that he was just in it to touch her boobs. Um, My favorite part of this was the model's face while this was going on. And I love that Jenny and Alon point that out. They were like, did you look at the woman's face? Like, she was just like, I want to get out of here. Um, I just think I'm going to remind myself that I'm going to get $1,000 for this when it's all over. This is terrible. (laughs) Yes. And then Nando insists on getting his face painted as well. And then I wondered if he was on ecstasy. (laughs) Um, It seems a little bit like it. Yeah. It does. Like, maybe that's why the painting, the model felt so good and why getting his face painted felt so good. He was really feeling himself. Maybe Oscar was throwing things in people's drinks again. You never maybe. know. Now that that's we know that like three few people for funsies. Yeah. Um, and I love, like, how Jenny and Alon have such a good attitude about the fact that Ferdinand, I mean, Fernando turns everything into being about him. And oh, yeah. And he even does, a, like, a little imitation of him saying, like, it's going to be about me, which is yeah. true. Like, that's what happened. It absolutely is. Um, So then Sammy shows up and is hanging out with Raquel, and the Madrazos are loving it. Yes. They they cannot wait for Raquel to date. They go over and kind of hound them, and, like, they start chanting Raquel's name. (laughs) Nice and subtle, you know. 
Um, and they're, they're so happy that she's happy. And they, they let that be known. Well, and then I felt bad for Raquel because that's when Oscar, Jenny, and Paulina go over to her and really give her a hard time about, yeah. I mean, in a, in a good, friendly way. But I would have been mortified. If yes, I was, that's what I mean. She handled it really well. Yeah, she did. And she leans over to Sammy and she was like, I'm going to let them think they're doing something with this, you know? She's like, cute. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we get a little talk between Mari and Doris about Adan's career. And... Well, before that happened, and I didn't understand why this was, we get a shot of a woman named Orly Beagle, Beagle, B-E-I-G-L, and with the tagline, music prom- promoter. Oh, because Doris said she invited music promoters to hear a Don. But I thought it was interesting that they bothered to show that and then they never talked to this woman again. I mean, it was literally for two seconds. I had to rewind it twice just to write her name down. Like, it was weird to me. Yeah, that is weird. They did it later when Don was performing with, uh, was it the marketing guy or the promo Yeah, guy? I didn't even bother to write his name down. I was like, right. what's the point? Yeah, they did it again later. Um, so Doris lets it be known that she really needs to be trusted if she's going to succeed in, you know, being a Don's publicist. And it's just a lot of tit for tat and it still doesn't feel like they come to any resolution in my opinion. Um, so they, they have this exchange and Doris doesn't feel trusted and Mari throws shade about the wardrobe and how Doris wasn't invested in that. And Doris calls her a micromanager and Doris says, you know, trust me or I'm going to back out. And Mari says like, okay, I trust you. But then (laughs) in confessional, Doris says, I don't trust what Mari is saying. And she's right not to, but I will say that Mari has a very good point during all of this in that it seems that Doris usually represents artists like painters and photographers and things of that nature and has never represented a musician before. And it's a different ball game. Now, I also think that Mari only has experience with one artist, so it's not like she's managed multiple artists either, but at least she has experience with one. Right. Yeah. And what music- I also thought was interesting was that both in, not in this conversation, but in conversations that happened this evening, now and later, both Mari and Doris use the Spanish word for but, pero. Like, they'll be saying something and say pero and then continue in English. I thought it was interesting they both did that. Oh, okay. Huh. I didn't notice that. Um, so then Adan performs. Oh, yes, he does. So he, I, I agree with Mari's feedback on this, this scene that the setup looks rickety. You know, he's standing on a table. You can see all the vocal equipment, like, but the whole event looks that way. I think they liked the old, the space is very old. So it was clearly chosen to showcase the art and not necessarily a musical performance. Yeah. So I, you know, it was a valid take, but also not necessarily what the event was for. So he is standing on this table in his, you know, outfit of the people. And he says he's going to sing a song that he wrote about a girl. And his first song is pretty good. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was about it all. Yeah. Like he's, he's on Luna, Lunda, something. Luna Lunada or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. They say it like five times later and I still didn't write it down. Um, And it sounded good. And I was, 
I was so relieved because I thought he was going to do just one song. And I was like, oh, good. Adon, you know, didn't sound bad this time. And then he decides that he's also going to perform the new song, which translates to Never Let Me Go. And my note says, second song, no. (laughs) (laughs) So this song is just completely out of his range. Like without auto-tune, he can't perform it. Not, Not even close. No, yeah. And Jenny is in the back laughing. And As is Alon. Yeah. Let's just say the two of them together. Yeah. Alon, <laughs> is, Alon is just a little more... He's more smirky. Yes. He's, he's a little quieter about it, whereas Jenny is having a hard time controlling herself. She actually leaves the room at one yeah. point. Yeah. It's, it's painful. He, he can't sing it. And this is one of his better performances of it, which is also saying something because he still can't sing it. And they talk about this so-called crowd it's just the cast. Yeah. And like friends of the, it's like 20 people, maybe. Yeah, I know. They, they pulled everyone into one room where he could stand on a table and sing. So then the editors deserve an Emmy because they do this lead up of whether or not Adon is going to try and hit his famous high note. And he talks about it like it's a race and how he's getting better each time. An Olympic race, not just any yeah, race. The Olympics. Right. <laughs> right. And he says, that note is Adam. So then they kind of hype it up, they hype it up, and then he just screams like a dying animal, as yeah. is tradition. And everyone looks mortified except for Fernando and Mari. <laughs> they said the performance was superb. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and Fernando says, after the performance, that Adan has an unbelievable quality. And... Doris asks Jenny and Alon. Which is true. I can't believe that he's singing in public. So it is an unbelievable quality. <laughs> Correct. So then Doris asks Jenny and Alon for their feedback, even though Adon's not around. And Jenny says, it was off key. It was off key. Well, she says it was off key and he needs more practice, which are both two things that were true. And she doesn't say it in a malicious or mean way. No. It's just kind of like matter of fact. Well, and... So the Doris says something interesting about, she says, maybe now Mari and Nando will see that he needs practice. People who play the Super Bowl, it's not because they don't practice, which is absolutely true. Yeah. It's when you think about anyone who has an incredible talent, like artistic or an athlete, like they practice and work harder than a ton of people. This is not something they wake up and do naturally. Not always. And I think the problem isn't that Adon isn't practicing because I believe he is. We've all seen him singing around the house and driving everyone crazy. It's that he's practicing what the wrong way. Like yes. he's practicing doing it incorrectly. Yes. <laughs> over and over again and not taking notes from anybody and not you working with a voice coach. And that's the problem. Like right. you can. And so I think in his mind, he's like, Oh, I practice constantly. Well, yes. But if you practice doing it incorrectly, you're just screwing yourself further. Yes. And he's going by how he thinks he sounds, which is not no. No, no yeah. it's wrong. <laughs> so then Doris and Adon talk about the performance and he says, you know, I could have done better, which floored me. I couldn't believe he said that, but he said, but overall, I think it was a good performance. And Doris says that she loves the way he interacts with the crowd and that the first song sounded very nice. But she said that in the second song, it's not the song for you. It's not in your range and you have to strain your voice to try and sing it. And he says, no, the key is perfect. And she says, agree to disagree. 
My favorite line of his was, I was on key most of the time. You can't, it would be like if I cut someone's hair and was like, I cut most of it correctly. Like yeah. there's a couple pieces that are real short and fucked up, but for the most part, I cut yeah. it. Like you can't, it doesn't, most of the time doesn't cut it. Like you have to be in key all the time if you want to be a professional singer. Well, yeah, it's just, it's not the song for him. And I can't believe the producer. I mean, I guess that's what they wanted though. He thinks he can hit those notes. Yeah, I don't know. He cannot. No, no. Um, But those are my final notes on the episode. Um, Me too. And then we get scenes from the next. We get more of Sammy and Raquel. Um, Jenny sets up a Don on a date. And um, we also get the second anniversary of Cayman Drazo party. And some more Doris versus Mari. Yep. I'm curious. I want to know all the things. And I'm, I'm glad to hear they're lobbying for another season. So hopefully we can help them. Yeah, I hope they get it. I, I mean, I'm going to start adding more Mexican dynasties to my hashtag instead of just Mexican dynasties. You can same. do the same thing on Instagram. So hopefully we can get them in. All right. All right, everybody. Well, um, stay home, stay safe, and we'll see you in a week. Thanks for listening to another episode of One Hit Wonderful. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at OneHitPod. You can email us at franklymarebee at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter at HeyIt'sMareBee. Please remember to rate and subscribe. And have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon.